1: Love
2: talk Radio. What up in the morning when I wake up Even before I fill my coffee cup I said Thank you. What if I looked at the day and the hours ahead, and before I move forward I bowed my head and said thank you? Oh, I said thank you. What if I looked at my life in a different way, took a little more time to stop and pray? I know it would change all the moments in between. So here I go. Thank you for every. Everything that I had I could smile and somehow still be glad and say thank you thank you Cause life is joy, life is pain, but the prayer on my heart will never change I say thank you Oh I say thank you
1: Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Energy Awareness Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. This is a solely run-by-volunteer nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a board-certified integrative holistic health therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. In our new segment tonight of Now You Know, we're going to talk a little bit about how to maintain your energetic health. I'm always asked that question after a session. Gosh, T, I feel great. Thank you so much for the energy therapy, the sound therapy, the positive or energy psychology discussion that we've had. But how do I maintain my energetic health? And I have to say no one likes the answer (laughs) because no one wants to take time. And the thing is, you don't have you don't you can't afford to not take time. So the answer is the greatest thing you can do for yourself to maintain your energetic health and to make your life balanced and centered is to meditate. That is so important. But I always hear I don't have time for that. I've tried. I can't do it. Oh, that's so boring. You cannot afford to not meditate. You need to meditate. You need to get that practice into your life so that you can be centered, grounded, balanced. You will find if you do even five minutes in the morning, you know, just five minutes, five minutes at night. And everyone does really have five minutes. You spend five minutes on Facebook or how I refer to it as fake book. You know, you spend five minutes surfing the Internet, doing whatever it is you're doing, texting people and getting upset about it. Rather than doing that, take the five minutes, set your kitchen timer or the timer on your phone, and meditate. Just meditate. Bring your awareness to your breath. And on the inhale, in your mind, say, I am peaceful. And on the exhale, say, I am calm. And do that for five minutes. If you do that for about three weeks, you will find your life is shifting because you will be not necessarily reacting to people, but responding to people. You will find that when you go to judge someone, you have more compassion. So you won't jump to the negatives. You will find that your life will flow better because you now have more time because you're balanced and you're centered and you're more compassionate and you're listening and you're doing all the things that are coming from your heart. And when you come from your heart, your life shifts. Everything changes. The neural pathways in your brain literally change. I've seen it on MRIs. I've studied this stuff. It really is true. Meditation has a lot of science behind it and it makes you feel so good. You can lower your blood pressure. You will lower your cortisol levels. You will increase your endorphins. You will feel good. It's an investment in you. It's vital. It's life-changing. And if you just try it, See how you do. You'll find that you will want to increase the time from five minutes to maybe seven minutes or ten minutes. And if you go to the Chopra.com, you will find that there are free meditations that you can do for 21 days. They will actually email you guided meditations every morning for 21 days, and you can sit there and listen to Deepak Chopra speak. Then there'll be silenced, Then he'll speak again, and the difference it makes in your day is incredible. So try that. Just try it for a little while. Will only make your life better. Now you know. Next week in our "Now You Know" segment, we'll continue with tips to maintain your energetic health. Now tonight's show, boy, we have a great guest. His name is Craig Calabo. He's a man with a passion for nature, hiking, yoga, and personal growth. He is the author of "I Am God in Disguise, So Are You," which is our topic for discussion this evening. And his intention for writing this book was to share some of his discoveries during his amazing life adventure with his children. And he did more than that because he wrote this book, and now we all can get our hands on it. And it is a wonderful book. I just loved reading it. In keeping with the tenets of his book being of service, 100% of the book's proceeds benefit Water.org, which is a mission to bring safe water and sanitation to those in need. So, truly, he is in service. He's written a book. He's sharing it with the world, and he's sharing all of the proceeds from it to an organization that's vital to helping people not only, you know, have safe water and sanitation, but to be healthier because of it. So, welcome to the show, Craig. Thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being?
0: Fabulous, T. Thank you so much for the opportunity to to come on and share a little bit of my message with your audience, it's great. And that was a great intro, by the way. I am very impressed. You never once asked me how to pronounce my name, and you did it perfectly.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> That's always a plus. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh my God. I've heard it. It's. I've heard it butchered many different ways. So uh, very good. You. You did, you did you did a great job and I, and I love that opening segment man meditation you know it's is, it is it is such a simple concept yet it can be so life changing i mean just to just to kind of quiet your mind for a few minutes and listen to that inner guide i mean it's it's crazy how how life changing it can be and and so many people just don't think they have the 5 minutes
1: and when they realize they do, I will find because the patients will come back to me in a week, and I'll say, "Have you been meditating?" "Oh yeah, I did it three times." "Well, you have to do it seven. <laughs> this is your well, homework. What? You have to be compliant. You know?" <laughs> right, right. No, and,
0: and the thing, the thing is, like like any habit, you get better and better and better at it. You know, I've I've had people ask me over over the years, you know, why can't you know talking about you know, listening to our inner guide. You know why can't our inner guide why can't he you know, whatever you want to call it soul, spirit, God, universe, why can't he just speak in my language? well, well, you know what this intuition you know that that we hear when we meditate that is our primal language. I mean, none of us came out of the womb speaking English or French or German, you know those all had to be learned our our intuition was our primal language we we came out of the womb as infants. Knowing this intuition, and that's how we connected with our mothers. And I mean, it's uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me, and, and I, I think the more we do it, the better we get.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and the funny part is, even though we get better at it, there are still times I'll say, you know, you could just write me a letter. It would be a lot easier than me guessing here, trying, you know, I mean, you just write a letter, you know,
0: because
1: yes. Yes, <laughs> it is a language. Sure. It's like, this is, you know, the language I understand. So send me the messages in the way that, you know, I'll get it. You know, <laughs> don't let me mm-hmm. play this game, <laughs> which is now going back to your book. That's a good segue. The game. Your book is all about the game of life. And oh, my gosh, I am God in disguise. So are you. It is succinct, it is humorous, it's easy to understand, it's very open, it's so much truth, it makes so much sense. And, you know, I firmly believe, as your book states, everything happens for a reason. And with all that is happening in this world, we are currently in a wake-up situation for all of humanity, for each one of us and, and everyone else, and none too soon, very much needed we need to reclaim our power and take it back and live from a place of love for us ourselves be in service of others all of this is in your book this is the premise so i would like to explore each of the six stages in what you refer to as the game of life is that is that okay if we do that we i mean we don't know where we're going to go with it but we'll start that way and see if that will work (laughs) yeah
0: yeah that's cool you know if if you wouldn't mind could i just kind of throw yes. my my message in a nutshell out there real quick and then we can absolutely kind of backtrack. yeah yeah so I, I first of all the title of the book um you know I I've heard you know su- I've surprisingly occasionally hear people say that it's a controversial title and and I want I want to admit that that I did want the title to be bold and you know, I wanted the cover to be kind of edgy and eye-catching. I mean, when you, when it co- you know, when you write a book, and this is my first, my first, you know, go at this, you know, that's that's a big deal. What your what your title says and what your cover looks like, you know, whether you're going to entice someone to pick it up or whether you're going to turn them off. And that's why I say I was a little surprised when I when I heard, you know, occasionally people describe it as controversial. After all, this message that we are all gods in disguise, it's not exactly a New Age message, T. I mean, -hmm. it's actually actually age old. I mean, I've studied, you know, Hindu scriptures. You know, the Vedas are, what, 5,000 years old? Mm
2: -hmm. Buddhism,
0: the, the Bible, you know, the New Testament is full of quotes that support this message. I mean, for example, I'm not a religious guy, but someone emailed this to me the other day. Do you not know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? Wow. I mean, if that doesn't sound like I am God in disguise, I don't know what does.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. So, you know, and it might it might help actually if I just real briefly explain how I define God, you know, before yeah. before we get too far into this. Mm-hmm. I, I see God as this life force um, a vibrating energy That animates every cell in my body And this energy, T, is not only flowing through me It flows through all of creation I mean, this is what connects us all Even, even Einstein, when he was talking about This invisible energy and how it relates to spirituality He would say, this is not philosophy This, this is physics so, so, so that's how the title came to be, and 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 that's you know I, I think it might help in our discussions going forward here this evening if you understood you know my my notion. I mean, do you feel what is what is your you know how do you identify with God or the definition?
1: Well, what's really funny is I studied quantum physics because I'm an energy therapist and a sound therapist. I play quartz crystal singing bowls on my patients, and and I do energy therapy, Reiki, reconnective healing type of thing. And so, you know, it's, I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying. To me, I was brought up Catholic. Um, However, you know, it was always like, I don't think there's a God somewhere else, especially when we had to take Sunday school and it said God dwells within. I believe that each one of us has God in us, and therefore we too are God. So, yes, uh, you know, we're not like I'm God and I'm going to you know, I'm God and I'm better than anybody else. We all have God within us. And yes, we are connected in that way. And I also believe that the many lives that we have past, present and future are happening at the same time. That's where quantum mechanics comes into play. And if all of those lives are happening at the same time, then we have just a piece of God in this life and in so many others. So when I'm working on people, I ask that I work on every incarnation of this soul's entity across all time, space, dimension and reality, because I believe that what I'm doing here is probably affecting my other lives elsewhere. And those lives are affecting this one. So I don't look at God, you know, as being like this man in a white robe who they've always depicted as, you know eye candy and you know I mean, we were, you know i mean jesus really was a good-looking guy and, you know and, uh, You know, it's like yeah okay yeah yeah well you know
0: it's it's funny t because i i also i was also raised catholic i'm i'm kind of a non-denominational guy now i i choose yep. not to pick a team i choose not to pick a team How, however uh i you know the the um the way we were raised as kids and and you can sh- probably relate to this is this external very judgmental god mm-hmm. who who literally yeah long flowing white beard sitting in a throne up in the clouds somewhere and he's Scary. usually an- he's usually angry and judgmental yep. so so i think the people who occasionally push back from from the book title still have kind of that old fashioned uh mm-hmm. old school definition, because yes, if I was saying I am him, you know that guy in the robe in the in the throne, well hell, yeah, that would be very narcissistic of me so so no i my my definition of God is the opposite of that, and to just uh you know move forward here into my my message in a nutshell is this: we I see ourselves, we are all born into this world as body and soul, and, and both body and soul are equally important for this adventure. And I call this in the book our primal way of being. And I mm-hmm. believe that all experiences throughout our life are designed to lead us to discovery, to more or less discovering this divine part of ourselves. You call it whatever you want. Call it God, spirit, universe. But, but I believe that everything in life is designed to lead us to discovering this sleeping giant that lies dormant within all of humanity. So, so in summary, we all share the same purpose, which is to discover the divine within. Awareness of this divine is not enough. I believe we have to surrender. We have to turn over the controls uh, to, to this divine power. And then last but not least, this is where the magic begins, T, is to inspire others on this path. You know, we all get to be Superman on this heroic adventure and be on a covert mission. Yeah, I feel like when we awaken, we find ourselves exactly where we're needed most. And it's usually embedded among the sleepwalkers. And, you know, how cool is it? I mean, again, the title of the book, it it kind of reflects my philosophy that life is meant to be this fun, exciting adventure. And what could be more fun than to be a, a supernatural being in disguise on a covert mission, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's uh, that's my story, and and that's kind of the message I, I I try to portray throughout the book.
1: I think you did a great job with it. It's funny because when I received the PR piece from Dia, uh, she sent you know a lot of things via email, and I read. I Am God in Disguise, So Are You, and I was like, okay, I need to see that one, because that one sounds really good. There was no controversy in my head at all. It's like, this is so, good. you know, this is so real, and and I knew it would be something that would definitely fit the genre of the show, so that's why I wanted to, you know, before I even read any, any of it, I just saw the title, and I emailed her and said, yes, yeah, send me that book, and she did, and I was grateful, <laughs> and, you know, it, it just... There's so much in it. It's the fact that it's first of all it's humorous and we can all relate. I mean, you're nodding your head half the way through going, "Oh yeah, that's happened to me." You know? <laughs> right, right, right.
0: Well, well, you know what? I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because again, you know, believing that life is supposed to be this fun, lighthearted adventure, I think this is what differentiates this book from most other books in this genre. I mean, mm-hmm. I have I've been a seeker for decades and. I have worn out that aisle at Barnes and Noble. You know the spirituality, <laughs> that you know that's that, that self help aisle. Yep. I've read I've read over the decades hundreds of books, and I don't know about you, but I have. Have you ever Have you ever read the same page in a book over and over? Oh my too? god! Right?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: okay. So so my goal to simple because I don't believe it's supposed to be so freaking complicated. So my neither. <laughs> to simplify, to demystify this message, the book's only 150 pages. You can literally read it in one sitting. And uh, to keep it lighthearted, there's about 24 or 25 illustrations throughout the book, which, again, is very, very unique. I, don't, I have never seen a book in the spiritual genre that's got cartoon-like you know, illustrations throughout the book. And you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, and they definitely helped me tell my story. But it's also kind of tongue in cheek, and I'm kind of a smart, you know, smart alecky, you know, uh, mm-hmm. personality type, and it. I, I hope it shows in my sense it of humor.
1: did. <laughs> That's good. why I loved it. Good. It came through. <laughs> well, well, good, good.
0: And and I think another difference from from my book and others in the genre, uh, because I think most people that we are talking to tonight, most, most of your listeners are probably like you and I who've, who've read hundreds of yes. books in, in this show. And um, I, I must admit, I disagree with most of the experts on a few very important points. And one of them is you'll hear that forgetting your divine nature is the root of all evil. And mm. I totally disagree with that. I thoroughly believe that that is a very, very forgetting your divine nature is a part of our spiritual evolution. It happens very early in our spiritual development. And um, I explain in the book why I think it's an important part of the process. Um, A a second thing I disagree with is most experts will say that we need to kill the ego or the separate self and we need to silence our monkey mind Boy, if, if you believe that you you are you have a long long battle ahead of you because because I, I believe that all facets of our being, including the infamous ego and and our beautiful monkey minds, are all perfect and and they they need to be tamed. I'll admit, uh, I I like what Yogananda said. Yogananda said that the purified ego should be our partner should be our ally on this mission and you know what i kind of look at the ego i look at it like breaking a wild horse i mean the master he's not trying to kill this magnificent creature he's trying to reach a, a compromise you know they're trying to reach an agreement and once that compromise is reached and and the, this this magnificent beast is tamed Oh, a beautiful partnership is formed. So, uh, and, and the monkey mind, team, uh, I mean, our minds are these magnificent supercomputers, and that is the last thing I want to do is to silence my supercomputer.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: you know, there's times that, that I'd like to quiet my, my computer a little bit, and, you know, maybe it's just semantics, but, if, you know, if you want to use a, a computer analogy, you know, I want to create a little bit of a firewall so I can, you know, I can say, all right, you know what, I'm going to meditate now. So, so I'm going to close this door, you know, where my supercomputer is running just for a little quiet. But I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to kill it. I don't want to silence it. Um, and finally, the last, the last main point that I disagree with, with the experts is I firmly believe that body and soul are equally important on this adventure. And most experts, at best, will just ignore the body altogether. At worst, they'll vilify the body as being weak or sinful. I mean, I, I believe that if I'm going to be a vehicle for God's expression, I want to be a freaking Ferrari. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah, right? So our bodies are very, very important and you do you do energy work so you're very well aware that our bodies are just as important as our souls energy wise it's just a lower denser vibration that's all and it's just as as important and critical and as blessed as as any of it so um a big part of my daily spiritual practice is eating a healthy diet drinking a lot of water exercising getting a good night's sleep, and people will say, well, wait, 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 that's your spiritual practice? Yeah. I'm saying yes, because <laughs> bo- body and soul are both important. Absolutely. So, Everything
1: is spiritual, if you allow it to be, if you take the perspective that it is.
0: Right. I love that. It is. It is, exactly. So now the traditional, you know, my daily practice also includes meditation, which you've already talked about in your opening segment, affirmations. I believe affirmations are, shoot, they're like a code language for my soul. I mean, I really feel like doing these affirmations are, are you know, like a direct connect with my spirit, with my inner guide. And then uh, lastly, uh, my daily practice includes creative visualization I mean, I, I really think, T, that imagination is the mind of God, and, and it's an engine for manifesting. So if, if right before we meditate, if we can just clearly and vividly as possible imagine, you know, the life of our dream or the world that we want to see, I mean, that sets the stage for future events.
1: And mm-hmm. if you can
0: make this, if you can make this a daily, a daily part of your practice, you will see magic begin.
1: Yes. And even before, well, I, I practice yoga three to six times a week. So that's part of what I do. And I do okay. that so that I can fully focus on the patients when they come in. So, cause I'm definitely a type A personality and that's not who you want doing energy work on you. So I have to right. you know, call that a bit, which I do, but, right before a yoga practice I set my intention for my class which usually sets the tone for the day and you you know you tend to do that you tend to set the tone for the day and it just works you know I have a little mantra that I do and I I just love it and I just say it every morning before I even put one foot on the floor so that I know you know that this this day will be good now sometimes the day isn't as good as you planned things come up challenges you know avail right. themselves to you and you have to deal with it but when you do the meditation and you are know that you you are in a place where you won't react but rather respond and respond well so that you can get through it and move on to the next thing and you can clearly get more done when you're in that that type of space. And you have a, a mantra that you do as well. And you said, you know, in your book, you said uh, people, you recite it several times per day. You know, I am this right. body they call Craig. This is our disguise. I am aware of my divine nature. I devote myself to you. Six words, not I devote myself to you. I devote myself to you. Totally different. We are one. And I really like that. I like that mantra that that you put forth and then you do say write your own and i'm like yeah that's a great mantra though because it kind of uh puts everything together into one perspective and you can move forward with that knowing that you're coming from your heart that is a definite come from your heart type of thing and that's how we all should probably be starting our day is just with the intention that we're going to come from our heart in every situation rather than coming from fear you know two emotions fear and love so if you come from love then you know things will be good, even in challenging times. But if you're coming from fear, there's resistance, and that's stop, flop. Excellent, agree with that.
0: excellent. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I really appreciate you sharing that. The uh yeah the affirmations. T I what I do is I turn my sights inward to start with, and you know that might seem like a really minor point, but again, you and I being raised Catholic, you know we're we're taught to you know get down on our knees and look up into the sky somewhere when we're praying so so for me, I found it's really important to I put my hand on my chest and mm-hmm. I literally I, I literally turn my gaze inward because, yep. because that's where I'm doing my affirmation to, to to this inner guide, my soul, my spirit. and you know and I, I like I, the reason I put my hand on my chest is and maybe there's some significance you know you're you're the energy expert not me but I like to feel the vibration on my chest when I say the words for example I devote myself to you I like feeling that vibration in some way I feel like the vibration is also a way of communicating with that inner part of myself you know maybe it's b s maybe it doesn't, but it it works for me um
1: it's not b s it does do that because every every thing in the world has a vibration, and so different feelings have a vibration and the moment if people are going into meditation, the moment you put your hand on your heart, that's heartfelt, so the heartfelt vibration is one of the strongest because it's love it's compassion it's care it's appreciation and those four words initiate and accelerate healing so when you put your hand on on your heart center that's where your mind goes to your your sense of touch wherever you're touching that's where your mind goes your attention goes to the place of touch and so when you draw yourself inward you're not thinking in your head, you're thinking from your heart, which is where everybody should be thinking from, their heart because your heart's magnetic field is 50,000 times bigger than your brain's and you need your brain for the logistics of things, you know, to do accounting and to do computer work and to do marketing and and all of that but the rest really is your heart, so there is a vibration there that you're feeling and the fact that you put your hand there only accelerates it and makes it even stronger
0: Gotcha, okay, well that's well, it just naturally felt that way to yep. me. I didn't, know, I didn't know the technology behind it, but, but uh, I do now. But you
1: just <laughs> said it. It's natural. It's innate. We know this. We just forget it. As you said in your book, we're born as little aliens that come in here. We don't know what's going on. We're looking at all these people staring at us. And that was hysterical. That chapter, I was laughing. It was really funny. But then when you think about it, it's those of us who are here who are taking those beautiful little babies and changing them. And saying, yeah, you don't, you don't see things, you don't, you don't have an imaginary friend, don't be talking to, you know, whatever, you know, play with your toys, don't play with imaginary people. There's so many things that we, we shift their little heads, and then it's gone. And that's the magic, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. Christmas, you know, I mean, the magic goes away at some point, and it really ought not to, you know, the, life is magic.
0: I know, I know. You well. You so you mentioned the first chapter, and
1: the yeah. first chapter I
0: I title "Alien Birth," and the reason I do, and again, it's kind of tongue in cheek. I I love the word "alien." Here, here's here's the way I see birth. I believe that birth, we are pulled from this invisible world of pure energy into the world of form, and I mean, even doctors say that somewhere after the 22nd day uh, after conception, that this spark of energy appears from nowhere. And, you know, they often call it the heartbeat, but, but that's, it's not a heartbeat. The heart's not even developed at this stage. Right. So I, I see this as very similar to an alien crashing on Earth mm-hmm. when this spirit, you know, incarnates our form. And the and again the, the word alien I looked up the definition and this is just perfect any being foreign to its current environment an outsider an outsider belonging to a very different place okay so so my daughter my daughter just had a baby uh, uh, this weekend I was just with her uh, oh congratulations so I, <laughs> yeah 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 I'm now a grandpa no. But, 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 <laughs> But to see this, but to see this infant opening its eyes for the first time, you know, I so much just wanted to say, "Welcome to planet Earth," and you know, and, and to and to just feel how terrified it must be to be, you know, looking out at all these, you know, strange, you know, creatures, because you're you're definitely you're not you're not connecting, you know, with what you're seeing, because you you've just been ripped from this beautiful world of just pure energy and pure love and you're now in this strange world of form so well, so that's kind of that's kind of how I start the adventure
1: and it's funny because when I read that, I was laughing because I thought to myself, I can't tell you how many friends have had babies and I've said to the, the baby when I've seen it. So, you know, welcome to Earth. I guess you're not liking it so, too much so far, are you? <laughs> because he'll be crying or something. And, and I'll think, yeah, it takes a bit to get used to, but, you know, you'll come along. And, you know, it's funny. But I read your chapter and I was laughing because I thought that is so true. I mean, we're ripping this child out of, you know, a safety net into here you go. And it's kind of like just throw him in and let him sink or swim. You know?
0: <laughs> right, right, right. So would you mind, you mind if I just read a really short little excerpt? Go
1: right ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: great, because this will really, in a nutshell, kind of explain the first few stages. As, as we transition from the world of spirit to the world of form, we find ourselves in a very strange place. As spiritual beings having this human experience, we feel fear for the first time. This primal fear leads to the creation of the bodyguard who will become our loyal partner for years to come. Our true self must step aside for this portion of our adventure. This sleeping giant will soon become a distant memory. This temporary amnesia is necessary during this phase of our journey. The sleeping giant will awaken when the time is right But for now, we have much to learn. So, T, what I'm I'm saying there is, again, what I disagree with a lot of the experts, that forgetting is the root of all evil. This forgetting, what I'm saying in this short little excerpt, is one of our first stages of development. Our spirit, our soul, agrees to step aside, agrees to take the back seat, because we're about to enter the school of life. And we really need to be single-minded. Man cannot serve two masters. And right now, we need to listen to the bodyguard, and we need to learn what it means to be human beings. And, and like I just said in the little excerpt, the time will come when our soul will reawaken and re, you know, reconnect and join us on this adventure, hopefully. And, and that's the sense of urgency I feel and that's why I'm trying to get this message and this book out. You know, I see the chaos in the world, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's painful, you know, and uh, it's just it's, it's disheartening to, to see what's going on, because I know that if I can help people get from discovery to surrender, and, you know, it can be life-changing. I mean, yeah. the world can change, because what happens, T, is when you discover the divine within, what i'm going to do is i'm going to try to entice readers to my book by promises of personal transformation of of vibrant health of abundance of love you know these things are all true these things will all come with surrender but i have Mm -hmm. an ulterior i have an ulterior motive and that ulterior motive is i know that when you discover the divine within you're also going to see the divine in all of creation yeah. no longer yeah, yeah you're no you're no longer going to be able to to define your neighbor you know the fellow human beings as their skin color, their gender, their nationality. You you're not going to be able to poison your planet. You're going to see our connection to everything. So that's my ulterior motive and that's why I feel a sense of urgency to just get this simple message out to the world and try to help people along this this path to surrender.
1: Right. And I, as I said, it is very much needed at this time because it's a very turbulent, ever-changing world. And, you know, there are I, – I am seeing more people going inward and looking for things. They're starving. They're hungry. They want this. They want something. And they're not finding it in the stereotypical religions. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly saying one or more people who believes that their way is the only way is a cult. So, and somebody (laughs) said to me, one or more? And I said, yeah, you can be your own cult. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? You know, so it's it's not a matter of right. It's a matter of how you do your spiritual practice. And everybody is at a different rate and where they're going to be. But when you see people who are finally turning on, it's so exciting to see that they want to gain more. They want to learn more. They're willing to listen to what people are saying so they can make up their own mind and see what, their belief may be and you know I've experienced a lot of death Um, I I volunteer for pediatric hospice so I see a lot of that Mm. and then in my own personal life I've seen people you know leave the planet and Mm -hmm. I just look at that as it's a rebirth when you're being born you're coming through this dark tunnel and there's light at the end of the tunnel and everybody's like Yay, the baby's here when you're dying everyone says go to the light So you're going again through a tunnel into the light (laughs) and you're being birthed somewhere, you know, and it has to be a good thing. It has to be. And you know that the person or the pet, whatever, is is in a better place. And I know people hate that expression. They're in a better place. But you know what? It really says it all. They are. They are. They've done their journey here. No matter how quick it was or how long it was, their journey is over. And they really are someplace where they are meant to be. You know, they're on their journey still because our journey is never ending. It's just continuous. Yes.
0: Well, as you know, you know, getting back to Einstein, as you know, the the energy can't be destroyed, right? So Right. Can't so be it, killed. it no, only, only
1: trans yep, transforms.
0: It, yeah, it only changes forms. So so you know, I, I like to see, you know, people ask me how I define God or how I define soul. And you know, if you look at God as being the ocean, right? And when we're born, just take an eyedropper full of that ocean and put it into every newborn. I kind of see that as the soul, our eternal part of our physical selves. And when these bodies wear out and it's the end of the line, and it will happen with all of us,
2: that
0: yep. that en- that energy, that that you know eyedropper of water, metaphorically speaking, is just going to be evaporated, return to source. And uh, yep. yeah, yeah. So that, so that's cool. You know, I've, I'm I'm relatively optimistic in these crazy, turbulent times, and mm-hmm. the re- the reason being is I feel that there's always this powerful force that's that's at work in the universe, and you know, you can you really see it throughout history when whenever human beings experience, I don't know, call it collective pain. I kinda of like that term, Brene Brown calls it collective pain. Yes. It's just these it's these highly emotional states. And you know, I've I lived in Houston, Texas most of my adult life, so I've been through a lot of hurricanes. Mm. And nothing nothing brings out, you know, this what I'm talking about here. It's baked into our DNA. Human beings, we come together, we rise to the occasion when the rescue boat boat pulls up to your to your house, T, you, they don't ask you who you voted for, you know. Right. The yeah, we come together as one, and and I really see this political era that we're living through and the chaos mm. we see in the world. I see it as one of these storms, and and I see a shift happening now. I see people organizing. I see people rising up and speaking up. You know, I often feel that. There's a very loud minority that that rules an often silent majority, and mm-hmm. I throw my I throw myself into that silent majority a lot uh-huh. of times cause, because we're too polite to speak up, to yell, to hit, let our voice be heard. Well, you know what? That's that's changing. So that's that kind of uh, that's kind of why I still see optimism. I see that collective pain is going to drive us to change.
1: It, yeah, it will, because right now the collective pain is in pieces of little, little groups of collections, and they're fighting mm-hmm. against each other. And I, I just had this conversation with someone the other day, and they said, you know what needs to happen? We need to have alien ships come to this planet, and then this planet will come together because we won't know what to do because they're here. They're obviously more powerful than us. What do they want? And then the people on Earth will work together to say, oh, we are humanity. And those people that are in their little alien ships are probably going to be people who are here to help us and say, we come here on Saturday nights to watch you guys. It's like going to the driving because you are ridiculously stupid and all the stuff that you're <laughs> doing. And we think this is funny. It's like going to a movie, you know, <sighs> and they won't be here to hurt us. They'll be here to help us. But we would co- it takes something big, you know, and every time something big happens, we forget. There's the Holocaust, okay? People forget that. People believe it never happened. Everybody should have to go to Auschwitz, and then they'd know, then they'd get it. Then there was uh, 9-11, you know? I mean, my gosh, that lasted a little bit of time, but now people people don't remember until it's 9-11 and people are reciting names on TV. People don't take it with them and change. Some do, but not collectively. It needs to be broader. So books like yours that are so, they're fun to read. It was entertaining, but it was so enlightening and so lighthearted but very poignant and i thought this is what needs to be out there this is what people need to read to get it so that they can change because once you change you your vibration affects everybody else so you're going to be changing other people and they're not even going to realize that they're changing you know i've i've worked with couples and you know first it starts out with just the wife or just the husband they change and then the wife or the husband wants to come in because they see their spouse changing And then together, they're working together, it works that way because you can't live in an environment where two people are totally against each other. There has to be some commonality there. And if one starts to shift and go up, the only place the other person can go is up. So it's really hard to bring people down. You can walk into a room where, you know, the air is thick enough to cut it with a knife. But somebody comes in who's got the power of just being really high positive energy, all of a sudden the room shifts. It doesn't matter that this one person was taking people down. Now all of a sudden everybody's shifting. It's where you are in your perception and knowing that I, I need to, you know, arm's length that negative energy and just be with the positive energy. And then you become one of the change agents of the world. And that's what you are with this book.
0: thank, Thank you. You know that, and that's why the last stage in the book is inspire, because mm-hmm. I borrow, you know, you know, I borrow the idea from Gandhi. So the final stage, when when you're finally awakened and you and you're like me, you're passionate and excited, and you want other people to be on this path and to join you, um, you you just need to be the change, and mm-hmm. to lead and to lead by example. Because what you just said, T, you're always being watched. It's going to start in your own home. Your family, mm-hmm. your your family, your friends are going to notice you changing, especially when good stuff starts happening. So the reason I say we're on a covert mission or we're in disguise is because let's be honest, not everyone wants to start a podcast or write a book. I mean, it's it's right. scary. It's kind of scary to you know wear your heart on your sleeve. So it could be cool. You can be on a covert mission. Just be the change that you want to see. Know that you are always being watched and lead by example, and you will become a change agent without having to become a preacher.
1: Especially in this day and age, there isn't a place where someone doesn't have a camera because every phone has one. You know, so you are being watched. You are being videotaped. You are being photographed. You, you cannot, you have to be in your home with your drapes closed to not be watched. And even then, if you have an Alexa, you're being heard. So you better just, you know, I mean, if I had Alexa in my home, she'd be out in the driveway crushed. She is luck.
2: <laughs>
1: no, no, no. No Alexa for me. <laughs>
2: right.
1: right. You know, it, yeah. it's funny, but. Yeah, there's there's so just be the love, just be the love that you are, because we all come from love. And we are made through love Two people that loved each other came together and made a little love being that came from the source of love, as we all are. So just be the love that you are. And, you know, some people will make a grand gesture, and they'll say, Well, okay, you know, I did my part, I made a huge ripple. And that's very true. They did. But When you become aware and you are living from your heart, you make many, 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 many small ripples. And many, many, many small ripples affect more people than one large grand ripple. So when someone makes a huge gesture and says, okay, you know, Here's what I did for the community. I built a building. Yes, you did. And that's great. But now all the other people who are doing all these little things, because they're more consistent and they're aware and their vibration is so high, they're actually doing more than the big person, the person who did the big thing, you know, has has created. So I I loved, you know, the two chapters that were my favorite was surrender, because I think that that is difficult to do. And it's a tough stage to get you know the resistance to surrender you can surrender some things but not everything but then the after effect of that is inspire and that one that's the reward for surrendering so that those two chapters were my absolute favorite i have to say <laughs>
0: yeah well you know you mentioned uh, the the struggle of you know i it since it took me 20 years i confess in the book from the time i was in my early 30s was when i first made the discovery where I was no longer a sleepwalker, where I kind of entered this conscious stage of life, where I, you know, first learned to meditate and and I found out, hey, you know what? I'm I'm not alone inside. Um, from the time I made that discovery, it took me 20 years before I finally had the courage to say, you know what? I surrendered to you. And I and I do that daily, you know, affirmation, you know, ten times a day to kind of reaffirm that commitment. So mm-hmm. I I did a lot I did a lot of soul searching on that chapter that you said you liked, and some of the some of my big my biggest excuses and why I was stuck for for twenty damn years in, in that state in that epic battle was the first one was fear of change. I mean, really, yeah. let's face it. Let's face it. The unknown can be scary yes and, and my, my internal dialogue to was well life can be a struggle but you know what it's it's safe it's predictable so so i'd live like that for year after year after year knowing knowing i was feeling this pull from my divine nature that's what that's why i say being aware of your divine is not enough um and then, and then the fact that it's just easier, this is another one of my favorite excuses, it's easier to be a victim. I mean, mm-hmm. to be a, conscious, be a conscious player is really a powerful place to be in life, but you must take responsibility for the current conditions that you see around, around yourself. And I wasn't ready to do that. I was not ready to say all these failed relationships, these addictions, You know, this financial stress I'm under every day. I didn't want to take responsibility. It was easier for me to be a victim. And you
1: know, when I read that in your book, and you said it took me just far too long, I was like, Oh, somebody needs to be scolded. Because (laughs) I think a lot of people take 20 to 30 years, life is it is it is challenging, it can be hard, and we are only ready to get something when we're ready to get it. And that takes longer, because of what's happening in our lives, we can't necessarily devote our time to us because we've been brought up that if we do things for ourselves, we're, we're selfish. You can't work on you. You have to do for everybody else. So you're bringing home money to, you know, pay for a house and children and a wife and, or, or what opposite, you know, wife bringing a single mom, whatever. I don't mean sure. to be politically incorrect here. I'm going to get emails. I just know it. And, um, <laughs> I just mean that, you me. know, yeah. When you're, all the things that your responsibilities you have to do, you don't necessarily have the time at that point in your life from your twenties to your forties to do things. That's why most people turn to spirituality after the age of 40. So it does mm-hmm. take a while and it's really not something that is a quick path. I mean, I guess there are a select few, like, let's say, just say the Dalai Lama and maybe mother Teresa and that's it. So two people I'm aware of. <laughs> right, know, right, 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 Yeah. yeah But the rest of us, it is a job. When you have all these other jobs and responsibilities, you have to cut yourself some slack because there's no such thing as being perfect. And yet I tell people all the time, you are perfect. And they'll say, I'm not perfect. And I'll say, we're all perfect in our imperfections. And we have to accept that sometimes we're really lousy at something before we get good. All the time, we're lousy at something before we get good. We can't be good at something until we try it. And we never come in just automatically doing it. It's rare that you have a protege that can do something immediately. So you got to cut yourself some slack for that. I read that in the book and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Because I don't think that's fair for you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I I have I have learned out since I was one of the stubborn ones and I got I got hit over the head with the club a lot during the the school of life. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of feel like the, the school of life is like a real like any school. We're tested every day. We're given lessons every day. And again, like any school, if we don't take the time to study our lessons, and to look for the meaning or the wisdom in the lessons, like most of us, or speak for myself only, like me, I was in such a hurry to rush from one experience to the next.
1: Sure, yep. You know, the, the, the,
0: the school of life, this is how it works, folks. It's the, the next lesson is going to be a little bit harder, and the next one's going to be a little bit harder. And then eventually, it does its job, it wears us down, and we finally... You know, with our head in our hands, we finally say, "I've had enough." Is there more to life than this? And I swear to God, those are the magic words. It's, mm-hmm. it's like it's like fricking Alibaba, you know, saying, "Open sesame." You're, when your soul hears those words, it'll jump for joy. It'll say, "Yes, I've been waiting. I've been patiently waiting for you to finally look within." And and yeah, you know what? The pain and suffering in a weird, mystical kind of way is good. I'm, I'm, I'm currently reading the new book from Pema Chodron called Welcoming the Unwelcome. And, and in it, she says, our sorrow and our heartache fosters our awakening. It is totally necessary. So I'm well aware, T, that we cannot skip any of these steps I outline in the book, but I'm yep. hoping just by, by maybe shedding some light on it that others might walk a little quicker. Like maybe you can reach, you know, this awakened stage, you know, when you're 30 instead of 50. I, I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I, I think it's possible.
1: I think it is, too, because as each generation teaches the next generation just a little bit, the, other, the next generation gets there faster. So this will help. And your book, okay, this book, again, I Am God in Disguise so are you, is 126 pages. The, the remaining pages are, you know, like bibliography and resources and things like that. However, it's a really quick read because there's a lot of white space. There are pictures. It's, it's a nice size font. You got to get this book, and this is a great book to get. The holidays are coming up. We are coming toward the top of the hour, and I want to ask you if you wouldn't mind telling us, because it is so important to you, and I think it's important as well. Tell us a bit about water.org and how you got involved with that organization.
0: Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. I I occasionally forget forget to mention this. So when I was looking to part with, to partner with an organization with a charity, I did a lot of research, and there's a plenty, as you can imagine, of worthy causes out there. But what really sets Water.org apart, you know, it actually reminds me of that uh, quote from from uh, the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu: "Give a man a fish and feed him for a day." teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime? Yep. Water.org, charity is not enough. They actually go into these communities, into these villages, and they help them set up, you know, sanitation systems, help them set up plumbing, help them. They've got expert resources on the ground, helping, you know, dig wells. They set up microloans for you know there there's a lot to be said with ownership you know pride of ownership, so they set up these micro loans so these communities can afford you know to to build these public restrooms you know it, it's 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 two thousand and nineteen and it's really sad that we have to talk about having safe water and a and a toilet right but, you know you know we take it for granted, but it is life changing and especially to women who are normally in these communities in charge of spending hours a day going and walking to the water source, putting themselves in dangerous situations and fetching water every day. So anyway, they're fantastic. Even if, even if you have no desire to buy the book, check, check out water.org. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I, often, I often wonder or I worry that our audience that we're preaching to the choir and, and that maybe, you know, maybe the audience thinks, Oh, I, you know, I'm, I know this message and, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need these steps to hear this. Well, there's amazon.com has a button and it's right underneath the buy now button. It says buy for others. And it's really cool. Cause I just did this the other day for uh, for someone else's book. Um, I bought I I love this this certain book. I bought 5 copies of it. I clicked on the button buy for others. They sent they emailed me 5 vouchers and I was able to email those to people that I wanted to share this message with. So so if you know people who are seekers who who are just getting started on this spiritual adventure um and you'd like to share this message or help me, you know, sh- you know, share this uh Share, make you know, raise some money for Water.org. That is another way of doing it through Amazon.com and through the ebook.
1: And that's a great way to do it because rather, you know, a hundred percent of the proceeds go to this organization. So this is very selfless of you. And yeah, I have a couple of books and for my children's organization. I do the same thing. So a hundred percent of what you're doing goes to this organization, which is great. So. Yes, you may be preaching to the choir, but let me tell you, the choir sings, they sing loudly, and they sing beautifully, and that's how word spreads, because people will say, you know, I heard about this. Something will come up in a conversation somewhere, and people do listen, and they may store it, and it may be the choir, but they're out there singing their song and saying what they, you know, the new song they learned, so anybody who wants to buy yeah i am glad in disguise so are you please check it out on amazon go to the uh, you know buy for others button and do that It, it all makes sense and you're not only just buying a book for someone or yourself you are giving a gift to humans for water safety and sanitation So think of it that way, you know, you're going to, you're going to give to charities this year, give to those charities that are actually giving to others and you're getting something to give to someone. How good does that feel? You get to save a little bit of money and you're helping organizations that are doing great things. So go down that road. Um, I cannot thank you enough, Craig, for being here this evening. It has been wonderful having you on air. It's truly what a great show. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know but right uh, now we're was, out of time.
0: <laughs> okay, hey, well, you know what? See, that was that was a lot of fun and it flew by. Uh,
1: good it job. Did. Thank you. You're welcome. Hold on the line. I'll speak with you in just a couple of minutes. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware. That way we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show that you just heard to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. Get out your calendar and make a note of it now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup of upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. Please check out Soji Huggle's Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need hundred percent. We're run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries, stipends or compensation of any kind to anyone. And you'll learn about our fundraising campaigns and you can see exactly where the money goes and how it helps the kids in need. So, at Soji Huggles, we're investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So, thank you for taking time to visit our site, sojihuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at both NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. And please like us on Facebook at Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.